Spoken Word. Half an hour of poetry and performance. Your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene. The voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning. I'd like to welcome you to 3CR's Spoken Word program. My name is Di Cousins and this is my first program for 3CR. Judith Rodriguez is one of Australia's most loved poets and has been writing for many decades. Her collections include new and selected poems from UQP and more recently The Cold and chapbooks Terror Poems, Manatee. The Hanging of Minnie Thwaites, a long ballad with historical account and lyrics, was issued by Arcade Books in 2012. She's collaborated with Robin Archer on the play Poor Johanna and with Sydney composer Moya Henderson on the opera Lindy, produced by Opera Australia in the Sydney Opera House in 2002. The editor of several anthologies, during the 1990s she edited Penguin Books' Australian Poetry List. She's an honorary fellow of Deakin University, active in the Melbourne Shakespeare Society and involved in the work of International Pen. Welcome, Judith. Great to be here, Di. So today it's lovely to have you. And today we're actually going to be talking about a new book, A Country Too Far, Writings on Asylum Seekers, which was edited by Rosie Scott and Tom Keneally. Um, you've contributed four, five poems to this anthology. How did uh, the anthology come about? Well, Sydney Penn, I belong to Penn in Melbourne, Sydney Penn put together an anthology called Another Country of the Writings of Asylum Seekers uh, about a decade ago. And this was featured in Southerly as well as being a book on its own. And I think Rosie and Tom felt that there was a pressure of Australian writers bitterly wanting to write about asylum seeker issues and I think they sensed there was a lot of material out there. So the book and A Country Too Far is certainly uh, very popular. We find people really want to read these writings. Yes, well it's a, a shocking situation in Australia at the moment, our treatment of asylum seekers uh, mm. with uh, offshore detention and, uh, and mandatory detention and long-term periods of people locked up inside. What are your thoughts on the subject? <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> but Well, no, it is appalling. There's our international obligations which we're trashing I'm very pleased that the United Nations, that they are beginning to say things about this. Uh, I don't understand how we are on their uh, leading councils. I, th- I think probably we should be chucked out. And uh, um, I just wish that some of these ministers who, who, who decree misery and, and risk, these people are in a dengue-infested area. When they lose somebody from dengue fever, the cat will really be among the pigeons. Um I wish that they would entrust their families to a similar regime. Huh. I can uh, Most Australians, of course, if they saw people in the situation that these asylum seekers are in, would simply rush in with blankets, pots and anything to help them found their households and get on with life. But no, we, as a matter of policy, working through these politicians, look what we do. It's white Australia all over again in a way because it does operate against people who... Uh, 
under the white Australia policy would not have been admitted to Australia. Yes, that's right. I remember the white Australia policy and it very much reminds me of the white Australia policy mm. and all this, they're coming up the beaches and, you know, all that sort of thing. I, I find it's very much a throwback to, uh, you know, the 1950s and 60s racist period. Well, for one of the best defended countries in the world, mm. surrounded by mm. deep oceans, mm. um, uh we have an amazing paranoia. Yes, and I mean the the tragedy is that it's not just a, a failure of policy; it's a it, it's an attack on human life, mm. and and these people's lives are being trashed and wasted for no reason. I, I don't understand how politicians getting into office can feel that they have any kind of of mandate to do that. But we shall see. I begin to feel that. The Titanic is turning, that public opinion is beginning to be a bit appalled. Mm. And uh, let's hope that that happens. So in A Country Too Far, you've contributed five poems. Yes. Um, How did, uh, let's say the first one, Some Politicians, how did that come about? Oh, uh, uh, my indignation at John Howard's uh, uh, goings-on, the sort of self-righteous way in which he uh, spoke about um uh, well uh, he first of all he put money ahead of anything else and brought it really into the spectrum of Australians as something that to be desired and to be worked with uh, ahead of say charity or compassion and i i feel values were were trashed at that at that juncture yes i hated that so it's Mainly about him, I suppose. Okay, um, I would love to hear you reading it. Ah, well, some politicians, to have preached even for a moment that money matters more than the good it buys, to have proclaimed the end of caring, to have unmothered the state and left orphans to the wind, to have waged phony battle on the homeless and fugitive, the needy come to our door, to have danced on a tally of the drowned, to have pursued the desperate for electoral triumph. These are your names on the seabed at our shore gate, behind razor wire, among the fatherless, the trapped and the destitute, and among the separated families. Beautiful. And um, another, I mean, things went from bad to worse when um, the Tampa uh, boat came to the shores of Australia with the with with the asylum seekers who'd been rescued from a boat that uh, had uh, shipwrecked, and then we refused to accept them. I was shocked. It was two thousand and one, and I couldn't understand how we could somehow fail to take people who had been in a shipwreck. Well, yes, and you see the photographs of the people drowning mm. at Christmas Island too. Mm. Um, they've all been exported, I think, to Nauru or Manus. Uh, well, the thing about the Tampa was that the Norwegian captain showed up uh, the Australian government. Mm. He acted on the ancient laws of the sea, which is you pick up people in distress. And he was trying desperately to get them to Christmas Island and uh, sailed in that direction, and it was only under extreme duress that he uh, allowed the ship to be turned round and to head elsewhere. Um, I mean, the law of the sea is you take them to the nearest land, you see them in comfort. Uh, That was the Australian government versus a Norwegian captain, and he damn nearly won. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. So anyway, I love, um, you've got a wonderful poem, Tampa Captain Ani Rinan. So yes, uh, I, I was using newspaper cuttings for these poems because even the newspaper cuttings were so eloquent. And Ani Rinan said the newspaper cutting looked down on the deck. Quote, you could see it from the bridge. They started to be restless, started looking at the stars. The wind direction changed. Everything changed. That was when they became aware they were not going to Christmas Island. On deck in the dark, between the containers, families are asleep. They have passage. Outcast panic is past and shipwreck past. God's compass is set for the ancient land of beach, Australia. High on the bridge, their world's heartbeat. God can glance down stories to the pit. His hand to save, his will to landfall, holds firm. They sleep till a shadow crosses the screens. A contrary will clamps its hand on his. And these know, who learn to steer by stars, smelt winds, do not forget powers that change course, that coerce and condemn. Lost or saved, turning in their sleep in the belly of the whale, the ship's turning wakes them. They know when their universe turns in the water and the continents turn to inurn them. Their lit beach of the captain's will to save flares and recedes, bleeds a trace into voids of hate, is gone. They rouse, they leap up. Round them the powers move. Tides of legislation rise on the expensively shod and exercised feet of politicians, in the artfully pitched and liquored tones of politicians, in the skateboard arena minds of politicians, making their mark, keeping their footing, saving their skins, figuring the gradient of the electoral chicane, turning their trick and professionally mouthing, family, chanting security, painting a picture with difference. And however the people rail and insist on a course, and however the captain in his honour prevails in his course, they are lost on these seas and this sand, and for long, long, under the lash of chance, they will find no landfall, beached in a container for as many years as it takes the scorn of commandants in Australia.
Turn a blind eye with a stair caught right in the middle This is Community Radio 3CR, the spoken word program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm interviewing Judith Rodriguez. Judith, um, you've been writing quite a few poems about asylum seekers um, and issues of social concern. Um, The four that are in the book A Country Too Far, um, have you supplemented them with other writings? Yes, in fact I've written... First of all, I was writing in response to the appalling things happening in Palestine and Israel. And uh, then, uh, under the John Howard government, uh, I was writing about, uh, uh, well, how things were then. Actually, I was introduced to the subject when I was in India teaching. An American diplomat, a young woman, walked purposefully up to me among the canapes and said, you know, uh, I want to talk about issues that we have in common between us. I said, what issues could those possibly be? She said, terrorism. Uh, she was sent there, you know, to to really wind people up about terrorism. I objected to her. I really did. Um, and then... Uh, back in Australia, of course, uh, we found uh, the asylum seekers being uh, treated uh, as they were. Uh, so I wrote a set of poems then. Uh, now, of course, we have the current government and uh, um, one's feelings become even more urgent as we are so irresponsible as to deal with our business in other countries which are not Australian. I don't know what empire we imagine we have in the Pacific New Guinea, which we have not done as well by as we should. I mean, the British and the Australians both didn't do well enough by. Consequence, these are not people we should entrust with our business. Secondly, Nauru, bankrupt and disgraced. What are we doing? Uh, anyway, uh, that's the feeling behind my latest set of poems. Yes, and I agree. It's as though we are treating them as colonies. And, you know, we are sending our... Dirty um, linen to be washed elsewhere. Yes. You know, we've set up our gulags in our colonies, like our Siberia, mm. and um, and instead of people managing the cold, they're managing the jungle conditions. Mm. And, Dengue um, fever, among other things. Yes. And, and insects. And um, there was a report from uh, one of the inmates that everybody's getting a green fungus and there isn't a treatment for it. And, you know, I mean, it's just bizarre that uh, we have responsibility for people who are being made to suffer. 
Mm. And they're out of reach of proper medicine too. And they're out of reach of the jurisdiction of the Australian courts. So, I mean, it's really, I wash my hands of this whole affair. It's very strange. That last thing is interesting because the United Nations, of course, has declared that we have equal responsibility, at least, with New Guinea. Mm. And so we cannot wash our hands of them. But, of course, uh, this government will try to. We're copying Guantanamo. Uh, perhaps we should thank God that we didn't conquer a bit of a, a little corner of another country in order to do this, which is what they did. Yes. Uh, Guantanamo being part of Cuba that Theodore Roosevelt uh, conquered. Great conquest. Right. Um, So just going back to where we were, um, I think the Tampa tragedy still has echoes, you know, through our, you know, country and our awareness. And um, uh, one of the uh, sailors was a a, a Norwegian called Kai Nolte, was he? Well, he was a Finn, actually, but he was the man lowest on the ladder Mm -hmm. that was uh, uh, fetching people out of the sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, And so got a poem about... Yes, there was a little cutting uh, which said Kainalti lifted the first survivor, a child, to safety at 2.30pm. The rescue continued all afternoon to the rhythm of the swell. Nolte said after a while, this is just like fishing. I don't often turn Christian in poems, but of course this recalled the phrase fishers of men. Okay, so here's the poem. Kai Nolte lifted the first survivor, a child, to safety at 2.30pm. So see him, one step up from the abyss, this first stay in the human chain, angel of the bringing forth, its physicality, exulting. He it is, lights on the promise the deep makes, the shoal shining, eyes beyond the margin's predictable lives. His arm at stretch now, Assurance of resurgence, his, the sea errand. The rescue continued all afternoon to the rhythm of the swell. Fishers of men, here found so, endowed with strength in the prime, captained to rebuff powers, and stood hours long handing them up, the child to his second life. Hands in sight everywhere, hands from the sea, seized. The woman made rags by despair, rising, and eyes met the answering. Naughty said after a while, this is just like fishing. Not all of life to most men carries such, nor surely to you, Norwegian mariner, lowest on the ladder, such a draught again. Yes, beautiful. And one does wonder what people who are, you know, coming into contact with our treatment of of asylum seekers feel, you know, because we're not doing it in isolation. Uh, Yes. Well... I mean, there is a response in the world. There's a terrific... Yes, there's a terrific pressure uh, by countries resisting unforeseen entrance to their nationality and then shock at the kind of treatment that that resistance involves. Mm. Uh, I mean, Italy faces huge migration from Africa and and not a lot of them like it very much. But uh, it's amazing the the sorts of lives people manage to construct out of this desperate situation. Mm. Um, And we should be helping. (laughs) We have such a small 
burden. How many people make it across the Indian Ocean? It, it's a fraction of the intake mm. of any other country in the yes. OECD, it, it, and it, it's just irresponsible. Um, you've got another beautiful poem in the book, um, A Country Too Far, Writings on Asylum Seekers, which we're featuring today. Um, the Asylum Seekers, uh, would you like to read that one? Uh, yes. Uh, this is one, if I had my way, I would I would bend to the floor every every paragraph. It's not a natural pose for an Australian, but it's needed, I think. The Asylum Seekers, bearing your loss however you can to our fearful ports. No place. My abasement. Your cry in my hearing. Your children, your children. The salt waste. These depths, these deaths. My abasement. Your feet in my shallows, your hands at my shore, my guns at your face, inquisition, no place. Your plea in my ear, your need in my sight, rights and denial, undoing of lives, no place. My guards in your path, your grief in my soul, the pledges broken, time passing, time passing, my abasement. You're listening to 3CR Spoken Word, and the guest today is Judith Rodriguez. Um, that was wonderful. Um, how much inspiration do you feel is going on in the Melbourne poetry community or the Australian poetry community with the current situation? I think there's, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that need bitterly to write something about it. Mm. I'm even more cheered by the fact that there's people who need to walk in the streets. One remembers the Vietnam Moratorium March and I was very cheered by the Palm Sunday March. Uh, people are beginning to feel something has to be done and what can they do with the government with two or three years to run and yes, etc. And do you feel poetry can make a difference in terms of changing public consciousness? God knows. I don't. Uh, you know, poetry is one of those things you leave around hoping somebody will pick it up like a tool to think with. Um, Shelley said poets were the unacknowledged legislators of the world. Well, in a very distant sense, yes, because it sticks around. People do remember poetry. Everybody has something they remember. So one one's hopeful. Yes. Well, another one of the um, really shocking episodes uh, that have happened has was the sinking of the Civex with the loss of I think was it three hundred and fifty lives. Terrible. Yes. And 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 I think you've written a poem about that. Well, this is the most uh, recent. Um, yes. The quotation is about uh, a survivor. Everywhere children were drowning. Those still alive saw bodies all around them. They littered the water. Wherever you looked, said one survivor, you see dead children like birds floating on the water. And so here's the poem, Sea of Eggs. Like birds floating on the water, the drowned children wash up on the mine's beach. Everywhere children were drowning, and the politicians finding a prayer for the new morality, save us from the dead children and their silent landfall. The sea gives up its innocence, buried or not buried, uncomforted, unnamed, they drift on inland. 
Secure in our sunlight, we survivors endure the dead children like birds floating as spaces among us. These the new Australians will never draw up to our table, will never walk tall in our cities. They have no memorial but the love that could not hold them and the care that was their due. Each night floods our shores with their sodden wings. Yes, beautiful. In terms of political activism, um, uh, apart from writing, uh, you know, having a poetic response, I think you're also involved in Penn. You were past president? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I've been a vice president for as long as I can remember. I think I seceded from that position last year. But anyway, um, yes, Penn works for writers in prison. But in fact, the sort of people who are in pen cannot refuse the appeal of, of this whole big cause. In fact, we have had a couple of writers among asylum seekers whom we have taken on as pen cases. Cheikh Kone uh, from, I think, Sierra Leone. And uh, um, I think there was an Golipur, a, a guy from Iran. These were notable cases of people... Uh, 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 Cheikh was a journalist who, who, who couldn't have gone back to his country, etc. Uh, so we were very proud to take these cases on. And Penn writes letters uh, trying to get a rapid response to uh, some atrocious, well, murder, arrest, censorship. And, uh, well, working with Amnesty, IFEX and other agencies, I think perhaps we are effective in some cases. It's all one can do. Yeah, and and you go to the conferences overseas. Oh, yes, I, I enjoy that very much. I think getting together with people from 150 other centres from most different cultures, well, it's personally wonderfully enhancing, but they do try to achieve something together. For Writers in Prison, which is our most important agency, uh, on behalf of... Languages that are despised or outed, I mean the Kurds in east of Turkey, not being permitted to use their language. We have a manifesto about that. And uh, uh, moral rights for authors. Um, yes, we get into all these fields. Women writers. Now, we're dealing with Asia. Our next Congress will be in Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan. And women there really find it difficult not just to write, but to publish. Uh, they're very much second citizens on this. And um, another th one of your engagements is in teaching at the Council for Adult Education in, in the city of Melbourne. Oh, yes, that's fun and games. I taught there in the 60s and 70s, and then somebody asked me to teach there again more recently. And, of course, the nice thing is that what I teach, poetry writing, is not for a qualification. It's because the people want actually to talk poetry and uh, they are the most uh, diverse and interesting lot. They, many of them become my friends, and uh, I enjoy that. I really enjoy that. That was the voice of Judith Rodriguez, who is our guest today on 3CR's Spoken Word program. Uh, thank you very much for coming in today. It was uh, wonderful to hear you and to read your poems. Ah, it was fun, Di. Thanks. And this is the voice of Santo Katsati. Uh, long-time spoken word producer, presenter, 
thanking Di Cousins for her first program. Thank you very much, Di, and thank you, Judith Rodriguez, for coming into the studio. Just before we uh, finish up, uh, a quick word about some live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel in Carlton has poetry every Saturday afternoon. Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. All the gigs have open mics if you want to try your hand at sharing your work with others or you can just go to listen. And if you want to know more about Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, uh, check out the website melbournespokenword.com and you'll find out a lot more. And don't forget my own gig, the coolest, grittiest, smartest, swingingest poetry gig in Melbourne, the House of Bricks, which is on uh, roughly uh, at the end of the month. Just uh, type House of Bricks on Facebook for details. This is the voice of Santo Cazzati signing off and shutting down.